0: So we get to dig deeper into the Word of God right now, and uh, we're looking at the Easter story from the Gospel of Mark. So when you go to the New Testament, you have Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So Matthew, uh, Mark is the second book in the New Testament, and it's right at the end, the last chapter. Uh, so if you're on your phone or a tablet, it's a lot easier. You just go into your uh, app, and then you can kind of make your way there. I have no idea what page number it is in the uh, Pew Bible. And I'm using the uh, NIV, um, New International Version, 2011. So some of the words may be a little different. Um, that's what happens when you update a translation. But uh, the message is really, really clear. Mark 16, so it's the very last chapter in the Gospel of Mark. And we're reading the first eight verses. Um, You'll notice that in many Bibles, the last few verses are kind of set apart uh, because in the earliest manuscripts, the Gospel of Mark ended at verse 8. And that's fascinating for me because Mark ends his Gospel... But a whole lot of uncertainty and wonder, and uh, and a sense of awe as well, and that's something to kind of think about for ourselves. Do we encounter Christ in that way also? So let's read the Easter story from Mark. So when the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, brought spices. So that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb. And they asked each other, who rolled a stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. And as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He's risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him. Now go, tell his disciples and Peter, he's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone, because they were afraid. The word of the Lord... Father, thank you. Thank you that on this Easter morning, we can be here to worship you and to praise you and to uh, celebrate the hope that we have. Lord, it's a time of, of worship and prayer, of singing, and of reflecting on your word. So Lord, may this time of worship, may it shape us and form us more and more into the people you're calling us to be. Lord, I pray that the words which will be spoken next, Lord, may they be your words and not mine. We pray this in the name of our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. What does Easter mean to you? Why are you here this morning? a habit. <laughs> Salvation from sins. To celebrate. To celebrate. Anybody here because mom and dad told you you had to be here? <coughs> yeah. Some of us are here because this is what we do on Sunday mornings. Some of us are here because we were invited. Some of us are here because we're not quite sure yet why. But you felt a need to be here. See, God works in all these different ways. And I ask you this question because I was asked this question this week. What does Easter mean to you? And it made me think. What does Easter really mean to me? Yeah, it's about resurrection and grace and new life. It's about renewal and and restoration with God. It's about hope and, and grace, and it's about the gift of forgiveness from our sins. But as I thought about it, I also realized that for me anyway, it includes a certain amount of fear. Because of my own history, my own life history, my own ways of understanding God and Jesus. For many of us, Easter begins with Palm Sunday, Jesus coming into Jerusalem as a king. And it was an amazing worship service last Sunday. But for me, Easter begins with Jesus raising Lazarus from the grave a few days before Palm Sunday. It it starts with the resurrection of Lazarus and the church leaders saying, we got to get rid of this guy. He's going to create so many problems for us if we don't. And then for me, it ends with Jesus' resurrection. So it's framed with the resurrections of Lazarus and Jesus. And in between, oh, there's a lot of ups and downs spiritually and emotionally. There's Lots of pain and uncertainty. And for me, a realization that I am so much like the people that we've been looking at for the last number of weeks. I experienced... Lots of ups and downs in life and even in my faith. See, I know how undeserving I am of what Jesus went through. That love and commitment on the part of Jesus to walk that journey of taking all my sin on himself and experiencing that rejection and separation of God so I don't have to. To be honest, it does scare me. Because I know I can never live up to that love and that commitment. Tim Keller writes, the gospel is this. We are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. And yet at the same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. So all I can do is accept his act of love with a grateful heart. To try and allow that love and commitment of Jesus shape who I am. Gratefulness and hope. That's what Easter is for me. That's why the great cry of the church through the centuries has been... Christ is risen, he is risen indeed. The cross and the tomb are empty. Jesus was crucified and gave up his life while hung between heaven and earth on that tree. Rejected so that we don't have to experience rejection of God because of our sin. After Jesus breathed his last breath, Everything changed. Mark writes his gospel to call us to see Jesus, to stand in amazement at who he is. Mark wants us to go, wow, that's who Jesus is. The women who come to anoint Jesus' body, they're alarmed at the angel's presence, but, but there's a sense in their in their alarm that they're they're also amazed and, and overwhelmed with wonder at this young man in his white robes and the news that he gives them. All these emotions are all wrapped together in a mess inside of them. And that's, that should be a normal human reaction to encountering the sacred, the unknown, and the unexpected. When we first encounter the sacred, the unknown or the unexpected, it can honestly be overwhelming. And it should carry a a little bit of fear and a whole lot of amazement. See, these times, they open us to the unexpected, to the possibilities that are unknown. And they open us to the sacredness and the presence of God In pretty amazing ways. G.K. Chesterton describes this scene in Mark. On the third day, the friends of Christ coming at daybreak to the place found the grave empty and the stone rolled away. In varying ways, they they realized the new wonder. But even they hardly realized that the world had died in the night. What they were looking at was the first day of a new creation with a new heaven and a new earth. And in the semblance of a gardener, God walked again in the garden in the cool, not of the evening, but of the dawn. The young man inside the tomb, he speaks Don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus the Nazarene who's crucified. He's risen. He's not here. See where they laid him. Where are you looking for, Jesus? Where are you looking for hope or for direction in your life? This morning, were you walking to the tomb? To the place of hopelessness and endings? Praying somehow for hope, for someone who might understand you, who understands what life really is all about. See, this is why we celebrate Easter. Because Jesus is risen, He's alive, He's not dead. Jesus' followers have mourned. They've grieved. Sometimes wish we could come to church on on a Saturday between Good Friday and Easter and just mourn together all the things that we've lost. Looking ahead to what lies ahead, to hope. Resurrection shows us that Jesus really is who he says he is. And that all his promises, they're all true. Jesus forgave sins. Always amazed me, the young man who's put down through the roof for healing. The first thing Jesus says is not that you're healed, that your sins are forgiven. And he healed. And he raised people from the dead. He encouraged and built people up to be more than they ever thought they could be on their own. And he reminded us that God is our father. And that we are his beloved children. And all these things we can trust. Because of Easter morning. The young man goes on. But go tell his disciples and Peter. He's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you'll see him just as he told you. The ones being called to go meet Jesus again. Are the very ones who have abandoned and denied Jesus. The ones afraid and hiding in an upper room. Are being called into the daylight. To come see the one. Who can give them freedom from their fear who can give them courage to move forward, who challenges them to confess their allegiance once again to their rabbi. That's a call for you this morning as well. Jesus is calling you to come meet him. No matter what you've done, no matter how many times you've walked away from him, He says, come, follow me, walk with me through life. Give up your old life so you can have my new life. Repent and believe, that's all I ask of you, is what Jesus says. And all these promises are yours. It's believed that Mark is telling Peter's story in his gospel. And that's why it's so special that the angel's encouraging message is not only to the disciples, but especially to Peter. Tell his disciples and Peter. Peter singled out by the angel. Oh, brash, bold, Peter couldn't live up to his boasts. He stands in the garden. He chops an ear off of a a servant from the high priest. And Jesus says, come on. And he heals that servant. And Peter runs away. But he not only runs away. He sneaks back to kind of watch everything that's going on. And, And as soon as he's challenged... And whether he's a follower of Jesus or not, he denies Jesus three times. Poor, bold, brash Peter. Couldn't live up to his boasts. Turned out to be not so brave after all. Now he cowers in an upper room in shame and embarrassment. Hmm. Those disciples and Peter are called to go to Galilee to meet him there. They're told to remember what they were taught about who he is. I love how the empty tomb is news that's not meant to be kept to ourselves. But go tell. Two verbs are command verbs. The angel is talking to the disciples through the women, Peter especially. And through the disciples and through the scripture. God's talking to us. Jesus is already going ahead of them to the place of his early ministry in Galilee. There you'll see him just as he told you. And during the Passover meal. Jesus had reminded them of what the prophet Zechariah wrote hundreds of years earlier. I'll strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But right after quoting Zechariah, Jesus goes, but after I'm raised up, I'll go before you to Galilee. The disciples are the sheep who've been scattered in the painful events of Jesus' crucifixion and burial and the shepherd is now gathering his scattered sheep again filling them with strength and hope the women walked through the darkness of hopelessness and loss on Friday and Saturday and now the light is beginning to shine through again just as a sunrise marked the beginning of a new day this young man in shining white robes offers a light of hope to the women it's a new day It's a new time in in the history with the resurrection of Jesus. With the Holy Spirit flowing out into the world. Soon to be given personally as a gift to all those who follow Jesus. It's new covenant time. When the law, law is no longer commandments written on some stone tablets. But it's about the presence of the Holy Spirit in each person's heart, in each follower of Jesus. You see, Jesus' death and resurrection not only brings us freedom from sin and the washing away of the stains and disease of sin that infects us, it's new life. It's who you're becoming when you become a follower of Jesus, a child of God. You get freed from your old identity shaped by shame and guilt into a new identity shaped by the image of God you're created in. As you embrace Jesus' teaching, his life, and his spirit, you actually start to look more like Jesus, to act more like Jesus, and to even think and love. More like Jesus. Jesus' death and resurrection is confirmation of God's deepest love and commitment to you. A sign that God never, never gives up on you. He's willing to go to extraordinary lengths to show you that neither death nor life neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, not anything else in creation will be able to separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I love that Paul wrote that in Romans 8. But Mark ends his gospel trembling and bewildered. The women went out and fled. From the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. The tomb's empty. The calls to go see Jesus. This is so not what they were expecting. Mark says they were trembling, and bewildered. But remember, the words also mean astonished and amazed. The reality of the resurrection is starting to sink in. Francis Chan tells us, by rising from the dead, Jesus proved his power over sin and death. and The Father accepted his sacrifice on our behalf and we're redeemed, restored to a relationship with him. Through hmm. so the power of the Holy Spirit, God's presence is always with us. We're not alone. But We're also no longer weak. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to tremble because we have God's resurrection power in us and we're loved. Resurrection reminds us that Jesus' love gets the final say. And that's the best news ever. Jesus offers us gifts upon gift and what he did for us. And when we, when we trust in him, when we go to meet him, we find new life and hope and in response. We're called to celebrate and worship. At Christmas, we celebrated Jesus' first coming. And now we look forward to his return. During Easter, we celebrate everything Jesus has done for us. And we look forward to all the things we're able to do to serve him, out of gratitude, out of joy, out of love. So just as the angel told the women to go and tell, I encourage you, go and tell the world. Go and tell your neighbors, your coworkers, your fellow students sometimes even your own family, about the resurrection and a new life that they can get in Jesus Christ. Amen. Father, thank you. Thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for accepting his sacrifice on our behalf. Thank you for loving us more than we can ever imagine. And Father, help us to be more like Jesus, to imitate him in every part of our life, to love and live sacrificially so that the world can know who you are and who Jesus is that they might experience the presence and the joy of the Holy Spirit. Amen.